Good afternoon. Welcome to the weekly edition of The Wrap. I'm Laura Leslie, WRL Capital Bureau Chief. And I'm Brian Murphy, WRL reporter. <laughs> reporter of all sorts, right? Sports, investigative, and occasionally political. I'm glad you could join us this week. Whatever it takes. Yeah, well, uh, the, lots going on in your world this week and next week. But of course, um, for us this week, uh, it's just a little thing called the primary countdown going on. We're three days out, I guess. Well, four, I guess you'd say, Friday. Um, and it shows. We've had visits this week from uh, Harris, Kamala Harris is today. And then over the weekend, we've got Nikki Haley coming to Raleigh. I'll be going to that one. And we've got Donald Trump going to Green. Yeah, I'm really the you know, I don't think there's any doubt about who's going to win the primary on on Wednesday or Tuesday. Pardon me. Uh, Donald Trump's going to win. I think what we're looking for is the margin of victory. How well does Haley do? And, And what I'm interested in, and it'll be interesting if we can get this. The people who vote for Haley, are they willing to vote for Trump or are they willing to vote for Biden or are they willing to sit it out? Like how what are they going to do in the general if it's Biden versus Trump, as we all suspect? What are these Haley voters going to do? You know, that's a really good question. And I noticed um, looking at some of the results that we saw in South Carolina, for example, Haley took the independents 60 40. So the question is, do those independent voters show up? On, on the you know election day. And if they do, who do they vote for? And something yeah. I wrote about last week, Robert Kennedy is trying to get on the ballot here in North Carolina. Um, and there, it seems likely he's he's trying to get a different party on the ballot and the, the threshold to get another party on the ballot is much lower. It does seem like they should be able to reach that. Do people go, vote for Kennedy? I think there's a lot of variables in, a, in, in this general election in a way that maybe there hasn't been for a while. Yeah, I, I have a feeling the third party vote's going to be bigger than it's been in the past because I think there's a lot of people who just do not want to see what we know we're going to see at this point. But yeah, here we are. So anyway, all right. So as of Friday afternoon, uh, we're a little bit behind 2020 early voting. Um, Republicans are definitely coming out more than Democrats because there's a lot more you know, Republican primaries that are more contested. Um, a big party gap with men versus women voters in the primary. Women are pulling uh, ballots 51% Democrats, 49% Republicans. Men are 60% polling the Republican and 40% polling the Democrat. I think we've seen this in the age of Trump. There's there's become a pronounced gender gap in in our politics, mm-hmm. um, with women you know aligning more with Democrats and men uh, and men of all races uh, aligning more with uh, with Republicans. I think you know that that's one of the hopes for the Trump administration or for the Trump campaign that they can win you know African American males, uh, Hispanic males that the you know, even though those um, racial groups tend to vote heavily Democratic, if they can peel off the men in those groups, um, then they could, they would have a much better chance of winning. Certainly, Trump's carried North Carolina twice already. Sure, absolutely. So anyway, I want to give uh, credit for those stats that I just gave you to Michael Bitzer. Professor Michael Bitzer, the great. Um, <laughs> couldn't he, do anything without Michael Bitzer. Uh, well, and by the way, we certainly couldn't have done on the record this week. So he and Chris Cooper, uh, who was out, from, who was here from Western Carolina, both of them were in town for an event. So we were able to grab both of them in studio, which we never get to see the, each other in person, right? So they were here this week. So that should be a fun OTR this week. That's going to be um, Will Doran also sat in with that, uh, with me on that. So that'll be on at seven o'clock on Saturday night. If you missed it, you can always find it online. Uh, also, I should mention election night. We will be going on all the time on WRL.plus, probably News Plus, and then also at 10 and 11. And on digital. Uh, many of us will be here in the office updating those digital stories. So WRL.com as well for all your election needs. And and again, there there are, a, and I'm sure we're going to get to them, but there are a lot of contested races here in the triangle that are going to be very important. 
maybe not in the general election where the, where it'll pretty well be decided, but that means that the primary is even more important. Absolutely. That 13th, the 13th race, the one that was 14 candidates, that's my story today. I mean, I basically had to say at the intro to my story, um, you know, we there's 14 candidates and we can't fit them all in this. 14 race. Republican candidates. Yeah, that was just the Republicans, right? right? So I think that is the biggest primary field in recent memory, at least for a congressional seat that we've had. Yeah, the one that stands out is the the one where Ted Budd won, I think, 16 candidates in, in sort of the Greensboro area. And that's how he got his start in into Congress, won a contested primary. But I think that 16 was Republicans and Democrats. This is just Republicans, right? And, and this will decide who goes to Congress. This is a yeah. seat that is held by Wiley Nickel right now, the, the seat at the... The district has been changed dramatically to favor Republicans. And so whoever were, were to win this or more likely whoever were to win the runoff election, because it, it doesn't seem like somebody's going to get to 30 percent when there's that many candidates, uh, is is likely going to be the next member of Congress representing many of the people in our, in our readership or viewership. Yeah. And I do think also that um – you know the, the district I went and looked today, that district favored Trump by 17 points in 2020. So, I mean, there's not a whole lot of suspense there. You know, as you say, it will be settled at the primary level. I live in Holly Springs. That uh, district, split with along with the fourth district, are on opposite sides of Holly Springs Road. A two-lane road that runs down the middle of Holly Springs, the uh, 13th district is on one side of the road, and the 4th district is on the other. You know, I was bumming because I really wanted to um, vote in the 13th this year because it looks like the most fun race. And I was in the 13th district last year, but when they redrew it, they took Garner out of it. So I'm not – I live in Garner, so I, I got I got put into Deborah Ross's district where there's no suspense really there. So anyway, so let's talk a little bit about the other big thing that's going on this week, and that is sports betting. Yeah, the, now we're talking. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and so so today was the first day, right? Yeah, Friday the first was the first day. Well, uh, let's go back. Thursday, operators got their licenses from the North Carolina Lottery Commission, and eight of them, uh, the eight that we thought were going to get it, a lot of the biggest names in in sports betting got their licenses. And then today, Friday, they were uh, they were allowed to accept customers. Customers were allowed to sign up, register. You know, you got to be twenty one, so you got to present a social security number. You got to present a driver's license or another state issued ID. Um, and then on the 13th, so we're not quite there yet, but on, I, I'm, pardon me, on the 11th, I should know this date, on March 11th will be the first day that uh, you can actually place wet, uh, wagers online. Um, Caesars has been able to accept some bets, some online bets, up on Cherokee land in, in far western North Carolina, uh, but that's a special, you know, special situation. For everybody else, the majority of people statewide, March 11th is the day, and there's a lot of promos out there right now. You know, a lot of those free bet offers that we heard about, we're going to come to North Carolina, are here. Um, it, it, it is an interesting time, and and you know, I, I've just been working on many different aspects of this story. I think it's fascinating as a, as a government story, as a sports story, as a uh, addiction story, and I think we're going to get into some of that later. Um, there there are just so many angles to this story, and it's you know how many different aspects of our life is it going to touch? Right. Well, let's take a break just for one second here to hear from our sponsor. Let's hope that we have one, and uh, we'll be back just on the other side here. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. 
Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome back to this week's wrap. Uh, NC Capital, Laura Leslie here with Brian Murphy talking about the big sports betting coming up. A um, couple weeks now, got to go make, you know, I need to learn a lot about gambling i have no idea what some of these terms mean i i don't it's a whole new world it is and, and i think it, what's interesting is that there's so many i think there are a lot of people particularly maybe in my age cohort and or maybe a little younger than me i'm getting up there um who are very into this i mean you know males you know 18 or, or 21 to to 40 is really their target demographic here and uh it, it does strike me i've talked to some people who know you know the odds for a three-team teaser off the top of their head and then other people who look at me crazy when I sit, talk about the spread of a game there it's one of these issues where there is such a strange knowledge imbalance mm-hmm. among the population I, I I've been trying to think of other issues that where, where the some of the population is so heavily invested in, and then some of the population could care less will never even go to these sites um, it, it's really strange uh, you know many issues touch all of us schools education funding um, even even an election really kind of touches everyone this is an issue where you know 90 percent of the population is is very casual if at all but 10 percent of the population very passionate yeah cares deeply 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 very about. passionate anyway a uh, couple a little bit more on the election coming up we should mention a couple of stories this week number one uh, the launch of a new parody website called Mark Rottenson, and this was by, um, we, we learned that this was funded by a, a, a local millionaire, Todd Stiefel, Stiefel, Stiefel uh, who is also a film producer and um, a, a Democratic donor and a, a, a atheist activist, I guess you would say, um, and it is a send-up in the, in the most thorough sense possible of Mark Robinson. Um, there is a section where they kind of, it's using AI to kind of sound like him, and there's been some pushback about that from Robinson campaign and even from Stein. Yeah, I thought that was one of the more interesting parts that, that Josh Stein kind of came out in defense of his, you know, likely general election, uh, you know, opponent. I think AI is is maybe the story of the election so far. We've seen all kinds of AI generated ads or AI generated voices. Um, you know, I think people are, are maybe more attuned to that stuff right now. Um, and I, I only I can only imagine it's going to get worse and worse as we get into the general election. Yeah, and then also um, a story this week about thirteenth um, Republican just primary candidate Brad Knott having not changed his voting address. Uh, one of our colleagues did that story. It's really good. You should go find it on on NC Capital. It, it doesn't look like it mattered to any any necessary election, right? But I mean, it's still interesting. Well, and and others in that race have taken to blasting that out on social yeah. media and blasting yeah. it out in in text alerts as well. So it, it has resonated a little bit. And Brad Knott is a former federal prosecutor. You You would think think you would knew the law. You would think uh, he would be up to date on on some of the voting laws. Um, And it's weird because voting laws have gotten so much attention, right? So much. Is there fraud happening? Are these, you know, people are voting out of district, mail-in ballots, dead people voting. Um, So it's interesting when when it pops up and there's a documented case of somebody voting at the wrong address. Yeah. 
so uh, just a reminder, if you are voting absentee, you can, you do not get a three-day grace period anymore. This year, it has to be there at the Board of Elections by 730 on election night. So you might have to walk it in by hand. Um, otherwise, just want to mention um, over at uh, the legislature this week, there was some action. A lot of folks on the hot seat this week. Um, to start with, it was the, de- the, the Division or Department of Military and Veterans Affairs who got called on the carpet by the Oversight uh, General Government Committee looking at why the Fayetteville Veterans Home was closed and how quickly it was closed and what the reasoning was that we had heard that the leadership uh, over and that de- department wants to basically level it and start over because the repairs on this only 24-year-old facility is going to be almost as much as a brand new facility or the state's share, I should say, of a brand new facility. So um, getting walked back a little bit there. We got, you know, we heard from the folks uh, from the department. It's like, well, we haven't made that decision just yet, you know. Veterans care is such a big issue. When I covered Congress, I mean, you know, what, what, I'm not going to give you the big spiel about what these people do for our country and then the way they're treated, but uh, the the fact that these facilities where they have to live not only not only veterans but but active duty um, and we've heard all the news about the burn pits and and cancer and Camp Lejeune and and the toxic chemicals it's really I think an undercovered story how many health exposures. That these veterans have. Well, and also to add to this, you know, that particular home had um, a memory care unit, you know, and having gone through this with family members, memory care is hard to find and it's very, very expensive, you know, so I'm sure that was a huge burden lifted off of some families of some service members who were able to stay there, but they've had to be relocated. So anyway, that's a, that's a whole saga that is, (laughs) I don't think that's anywhere near being done yet, right? So keep your ears posted for that one. Keep your ears, so I should say, you know, tuned into that one. Also, um, a rough week for the DMV, Division of Motor Vehicles, well, Wayne Goodwin on the hot seat for three hours, three hours yesterday. Everyone hates the DMV. Everyone hates the DMV. <laughs> and, you know, it's funny, uh, Goodwin brought in, um, you know, a lot of people with him to provide the answers that lawmakers said they wanted. You know, it is interesting that Goodwin and his staff prepared this like really massive PowerPoint presentation to sort of answer the questions that they've gotten and lawmakers wouldn't even let him give it. So they're just grilling him. They're grilling about customer service. They're grilling him about the third party tag agencies and how come some of them are getting shut down and how that whole thing works. And then they got back to that little, there was that little uh, conflict between lawmakers and Goodwin about the eight year licenses that got extended to 16 and who asked for that. Because apparently that was initially in a DMV ask. The DMV decided not to ask for it, but it was still sort of out there floating around and it ended up in the budget, but it's illegal to do that. And Carl Ford basically told Goodwin, he says, well, here we are, you know, somebody's throwing us under the bus, you know, blaming lawmakers. And we've told it, we were told it was you, you know, so what are we going to do here? Uh, a lot of CYA, it sounds like, going on oh, down, yeah. down there. Yeah. What's amazing, and I know the, D, you know, the DMV has a horrible reputation. So much has gone online. I've, I've been able to register register my cars, get tags, all that stuff online. So it, it does seem like maybe they're trying to, to make some benefits, but if you ever have to go wait in line at a DMV, it's it takes forever. It's it, you know, And if you're a working person, it's really difficult. Well, you know, Goodwin said they've made a lot of progress on hiring. Um, they've used some of the, the, chain, you know, the, the increases in salary to get some more people in, so that's helped. Uh, but, you know, he, it, it interested me that he, he talked about about a, a million transactions were done online. But there's like 8 million people with credentials, right? So I guess, I mean, I do it online, you do it online, but there's probably kind of a divide uh, in terms of the people who are going into these places versus the people who are doing it online. And, um, you know, it is really, you can't get an appointment for months. Yeah. You know, it, it's, I mean, I have friends who have kids who are trying to get their licenses and it's just like, it's crazy. 
Yeah, a, a lot of these services. I mean, I ran into this trying to get passports. You know, you had to make reservations in Benson and and do it. You know, months out. Um, all of these services. I, I do wonder. After the pandemic, people decided I'm not going back to that kind of job, or maybe they had vacancies even before that, and now they they're really struggling to fill it. Goodwin so. said he lost they lost half the staff during the pandemic, half their staff. That, that is crazy. That's amazing. He also said that we've added three million people, but only three bureaus, three um, you know DMV bureaus. So it's like you know that they do deal with more of the public than pretty much anything else in state government, except maybe Department of Con- uh, Revenue. That's about it. Right, right. Yeah. I, I And I do wonder, you know, was there talk of privatization? Yeah, a little bit. And that is something that they had sort of uh, – Michael Lazara had sort of put this out there last week that, you know, that legislators were, had funded the study of it as being done by um, the fiscal research folks, the staff over there. Um, you know, there was a lot of talk yesterday about, well, who, what kind of private-public partnerships do we have here? But if you really look into the issue, it's very complicated because these you – know, the DMV interfaces with, like, voting records, right? I mean, think about how, how crazy we are to have make sure those are secure, right? You're going to give access to those to a business? You know, I mean, and there's – drivers uh, – uh, criminal records, right? And something else. I mean, there's a lot of sensitive material that the DMV either it manages or is privy to that you know would really complicate life to to privatize. Doesn't mean it can't be done, but just saying. I think that is just about it for us this week. Of course, the election is Tuesday. If you haven't voted yet, please do. Yeah, and I, I, we mentioned the 13th district. There's a, a pretty interesting Republican race in the first district. Oh yeah, um, with Don Don Davis is likely to be the Democratic candidate and the incumbent, but between Lori Buckout and Sandy Smith. There's also an interesting race in the 6th District uh, where Addison McDowell has gotten um, Donald Trump's endorsement, uh, but Mark Walker is running a strong campaign, it looks like, and um, some other candidates in that race have gotten other endorsements um, as well. And so that's a multi-Republican candidate race as well in in what is now Kathy Manning's district, but will be a Republican district in November. And down in Charlotte, you've got, in Van Bishop's old seat, you've got Mark Harris coming back, trying to make his political comeback after his 2018, the involvement in the ballot fraud. He is going up against Bradford, John Bradford, who's going for that district. Um, it'll be interesting to see. And, and then over little c- couple districts over, we've got um, Gray Mills, Another legislator um, going up for a district against Pat Harrigan, who's kind of another MAGA sort of person. So, lots of it'll be really interesting to see how, how these primaries turn out. It's shocking to me how the Mark Harris involvement has been memory hold, and and he's just back as a credible candidate and you know a plausible congressperson after all that fiasco that we went through. Uh, just. Well, six years ago now. Right, right. That's that's forever now. We have short memories. We right. have short, short memories. Forever. Anyway, everybody, have a great weekend. Get out there and vote. If you haven't, you can vote Saturday until 3 o'clock, early voting, and, of course, all day on Tuesday. And we will catch you next week here on The Wrap. Thanks for listening. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.